the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Tyson, it's funny. We all got on the phone at the exact same time with our guest. It's going to be a good show, I think. I am excited. It's been a good week. We're doing a Friday show, which is which is fun. We, we don't do a lot of Friday morning shows, but we've got a really fun guest for Friday morning, Josh Satterley. He's a chiropractor. Josh, how's it going, buddy? Hey, buddy. It's going well. I'm excited to be here. Uh, you know, as a chiropractor, I don't end up on many attorney podcasts. It's usually depositions that they record and then try and use against me. So this will be great that this actually might promote me. Well, it's great for us because, you know, we've known each other all of uh, face-to-face at least a week. We met at the Zapathon last week, and I know that you and our friend Kelsey Bratcher have been friends for a while, and that you're an old Infusionsoft guy like us. And so, Josh, why don't you tell a little bit about your practice, about how you got started in chiropractic and, and sort of about the logistics of your firm these days? Yeah, sure. So like uh, like Tyson said, Josh Satterley, I'm out here in Las Vegas, Nevada, actually a little suburb called Henderson, and uh, went to chiropractic college. Actually, I went to college up in Montana, then moved back home to Southern California, to, like in 2002, went to chiropractic college in 2003, graduated in 06, and met this tall, beautiful woman who had everything I was looking for in a wife. She was tall, gorgeous, with a crushing amount of student loan debt. So I decided to marry her. And then uh, we we moved out to Las Vegas, set up a tiny little practice that was 800 square feet, expanded, 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 ended up adding a gym to my practice back in 2000 and I think 12. Uh, so it was like 5,000 square feet where you could get treated and then go right into the exercise portion. There's a lot of athletes and whatnot. And a couple of years ago, my uh, employees were like, hey, we, we want to work with a lot of you know, different population, pro athletes and whatnot. And I wanted to focus on um, more of the country club golfer. And they were like, hey, would you ever consider selling this? And so talked to my wife and we, at that moment, it was like the, the right thing for us to sell that. And I, I always have enjoyed teaching. So I teach quite a bit. I consult quite a bit. And um, like last year, I think I was on the road 20 weekends teaching. And uh, so we fill the gaps now with doing some record reviews and expert witness work 
for any cases that have chiropractic on them. And all of that combined seems to fill up a, a, my schedule pretty well. And then the rest of the time I raise my two little boys, six and 10 years old, and they're doing some awesome things now. It's kind of getting fun and they're semi-independent as well. So it's perfect, a perfect mix of all those things. So Josh, you, I mean, you're a good example of someone that, that built a practice because you worked on the practice. You were able to step outside of it. I guess, what was the key to that? I mean, because I mean, a lot of people, lawyers, you know, chiropractors, accountants, whatever it may be, they dream of being able to do what you've done. So what, what do you think, like, what are the keys to that? <laughs> I think one of the things is, man, you just don't realize, it's like talking to a fish about water, when people say like, oh, you got to work on your practice. It's so hard to separate that, which is what was great. I got to say, man, the Zapathon was incredible. And I'm sure we're going to get to that because that totally shifted my mind about business. Yeah, I, I luckily had a, uh, had hired some people that did a really good job of standardizing and systematizing things. And then I ended up learning some systems kind of, you know, in, in continuing education. And the biggest, one of the biggest steps I can remember is we had, you know, chiropractors, we had front desk staff, we had um, strength coaches, rehab specialists, um, assistants. We all started using a unified language. So no matter what the patient was going through, we all had a unified language, which might sound crazy to attorneys, but in the world of medicine, you know, a lot of times there's tests that are, oh, do the Mutrix test or do this. And, and we tried to get away from those things and go more to like, do the, you know, flexion, abduction and external rotation test. And uh, just getting to the point where we're not using different words to describe the same thing. I think that helps quite a bit. That would be one of the largest moves that we made to, to kind of get it standardized and therefore packaged up. So, how did you become such a systems guy? I know you were in Infusionsoft back in the days when Tyson and I were. Talk to us a little bit about your systemization journey. <laughs> well, that's funny because if you followed me around all day, you'd be like, this guy's he's crazy. There's no systems here. And I think that that like, craziness led to me recognizing systems and being, being drawn to them. You realize how powerful they are. Uh, for example, you know, diagnostically, I use something called the SFMA, the Selective Functional Movement Assessment. There's a big gobbledygook of words, but what it really means is just follow a checklist when that first that person comes in first to find out, you know, what's going on and are you missing anything? And it's funny, if you go in any business that uses the checklist on the front end, they end up getting so much, it's almost like compounding interest working for you, like these tiny little improvements that one out of every 100 cases, you you catch the right thing or, you know, you end up in our world not treating an area that really is not going to produce fruit. It might feel good, but it just long-term is not producing the results you want. And if you just follow that systemized format, it ends up uh, helping show you what's the really the big elephant here, not getting distracted by the mice. Well, as soon as I started doing that, I was like, oh my God, I've been missing so much along the way. And then I can't remember when I discovered Infusionsoft, but I don't, you know, the power of Infusionsoft, the, the marketing is cool. But I think even cooler than that is, or any of these programs like marketing automation and whatnot, is that they run the same process for you every single time. So every single patient gets, you know, gets the intake paperwork, and then every single patient gets a follow-up thank you email, and then every single patient gets this, which I want to do personally, but there's, you know, I would forget, or I'd be distracted, or I, you know, if it was a hot wing night at the local uh, pub, like you want to take off early and get out of there, and uh, the, those systems really help you be a better operator. All right, so let's let's dig into the Zapathon a little bit because that that gets to the systems as well. I guess let's just start with your feedback. Like, what what, what were your thoughts about the Zapathon? Yeah, I mean, number one, I think we got to change the name to like Office Process Improvement Athon. It just doesn't have a nice ring to it. But 
the thing that got me was like, all right, so you got to remember, I'm not, you know, I, I don't know how law firms operate. We started out that first day and I was blown away with what my perception of how a law firm operated and what it really was. The reason I wanted to go, you know, I listened to your guys' podcast and it, you know, you guys touch on these ideas of like improving processes or, um, you know, different things, but we, we do a lot of paperwork production in the medical records review and expert witness stuff, you know, a lot of reports. And that's why I was attracted. I was like, Oh, they'll, you know, we'll make more efficient report uh, reports as we go through this. And the zaps will help with that. When I showed up and started talking to people, I, I cannot believe how many attorneys don't have a brick and mortar office. It was shocking to me. I mean, I figured 95% of you guys did. And at the Zapathon, I would say maybe, what, half of the people in that room have a brick-and-mortar office? I sat next to Elise, and Elise was saying that, like, her crew, if they all showed up to the office, they wouldn't fit in the physical office. So that totally blew me away. And then another thing that has nothing to do with zapping but just a principal issue, you know, in chiropractic, and I think, like, in dental and, and almost every medical office I ever talked to, the biggest area of friction is intake paperwork. The patient shows up, you have them fill out some forms. You know, now people are like, oh, I email it out, I send it, and then they come in with it all already filled out. And the easiest way to reduce friction on that is make sure the patient has the information filled out before they ever show up. And I'm like, wow, that's a lot of burden on, you know, our front desk staff and whatnot. And when I sat in that room, I was like, oh my God, these people have solved it. This is genius. They hire like something like, you know, Smith AI, or um, I can't remember some of the other ones I, I remember the, the name of, where it's like, have them call the person, have them answer the phone, have them do all that. You don't need to load up your office staff with that. Let your office staff be the warm, welcoming people that, you know, when the people show up, they're shaking hands and smiling and all those things you can't automate. And just those little changes, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that I came here because forget the zap part. The approach to business is so much different, and and these attorneys seems like they seem like they have it figured out. Well, I think that that goes to your perception of things too. I mean, I think there's such value in going to see people from other industries, and your willingness to show up and hang out with a bunch of non chiropractors, I think, speaks to your open mindset. And I think it also goes to you know that those lessons from Dan Kennedy about how, you know, it's so important to just not do what everyone else is doing, to think outside the box and to look for solutions outside your industry, because if everyone's doing one thing, you should sort of do the opposite. So I think that's interesting to see your perspective as a non-lawyer in the room, because at the end of the day, we're all a logistics company. We're all trying to get a package from point A to point B. Your package is an injured person to a healthy person. Tyson's packages an injured person to a compensated person. My package is a non-immigrant to an immigrant or whatever. So I think that seeing that from from outside your own industry is one thing. The other thing I think is that we really have a positive group. So I think having people in the room who are positive and collaborative and helping each other and honest and vulnerable really helps set the mood for the event. Yeah, I would I would agree with that last statement, especially the fact of in that room was the belief that I think it was like a growth mindset, like, hey, we can figure this out and we just need to ask enough questions and ask enough people in the room. For example, I remember Melanie, whose name I can't remember, but she seems to be a wizard with the systems. You know, some people had asked her about some aspect of Clio and forgive me if I don't remember the names correctly, but anyway, so people were talking about Clio and Melanie said, you have to follow this step and that step. And then somebody else said, I wanted to do this. And I don't know if it can do that. And I remember 
that person who was told, hey, I don't know if I can do that, talked to Kelsey, and Kelsey had a different approach to it going, well, you just grab this and that and use a webhook. But the answer was not, oh, no, you can't do that. Move on. No, no just don't even try. It was like, there's probably a, a way of solving this. We just got to ask enough people and click enough buttons and we'll fa- find it. And that last two hours, I don't know if you guys remember, but after lunch on day two, it was so cool to see people walking around like, you know, hey, Tyson, I figured out that, that Clio thing. And hey, Jim, you remember that file vine thing we talked about? Oh, we finally figured it out. Come check it out. And it was like kids showing off their art project, you know? I, I completely agree. And it's really kind of funny. There was also that time whenever Elsie had a really complicated solution to a problem. And it was actually one of the beginners that had a super simple solution to the problem. And he's like, oh, my gosh, that's so much better. And so sometimes we think that the solution is so complicated. In reality, it's just a simple thing. You know, it, sometimes it's just A to B instead of A to B to C to D to E and F. And, and so it's it's really kind of interesting to see how people's minds are different whenever they're approaching things. So let's talk a little bit about your some of your some of your zaps that you heard that were amazing, that things that you've used in practice. I know I know you've zapped me with one of your zaps like fifty times already. So let's talk about some of the things you built out and some of the other some of the other ideas that you like. Yeah. Um when you were saying the complicated solution and simple, I'm reminded that I have a patient and his family has the astronaut pen. It's this pen that like writes upside down and in zero gravity environment back when the space shuttle was, you know, they have to take notes on these experiments they run. So they spent something like a million dollars to figure out how to get a pen to write in a zero gravity environment because the ink wouldn't flow out of the ball. And uh, the funny part about that is the Russian space astronauts, they just used a pencil. (laughs) So sometimes it can be pretty simple. Anyways, so the zaps that I designed, number one is from all the feedback, and again, this is like going to where your customer is essentially, hearing you and the other PI attorneys in the room, Tyson, it's, it was surprising to me that every, every PI attorney had a medical records team or a, somebody in charge in their office of collecting medical records. I didn't perceive the problem to be that big, that, that chasing those medical records is a big deal to you guys. So after talking to some things, I realized, you know, you can set up an alert on a Google Drive folder. And if every case I had with an office had a Google Drive folder, we figured out that when I move, so if I take your initial visit and I, you know, once I finish document everything, download that as a PDF, if I move it into that Google Drive folder, it will automatically send an alert to your team saying, uh, hey, there are new, new files in this folder. Go check it out. And that kind of solves two problems. Number one, you know, you're, you're not allowed to email medical records because email is not secure. And so it eliminates the need to email. Although it sends an email, that's just an alert. The other thing is, if your team goes in and grabs those records and then it forgets where they are or something, they always have that file just to go back to. The second thing is, you know, if they, you always want to stay top of mind. Well, if we're sending alerts with medical records, your paralegal or whoever's on your medical team whose job it is to collect those records their life is a whole lot easier because we're proactively alerting them. And also they see our name of our clinic quite often and associate it with a positive experience. So that was one that we started. And like all zaps, you know, you got to work with them. It's not perfect. It was, it was um, zapping too often, which is why you got all those alerts, Tyson. But um, I think I have that solved. The second one that I think might be the most powerful zap of all time, at least that's what I'm calling it in, internally. One of the things we like to do, you know, these medical, when we do these medical record reviews, those typically, you know, are in the, I don't know, 
maybe they, they're a couple thousand dollars worth of billing, right? So we want to make sure that process goes smoothly and we want to be appreciative of it. So anytime that we work with a new paralegal now, we have a ZAP set up so that we enter in the information about the case and who the associated paralegal is. Then it searches that paralegal off our database. If it's the first time we've ever worked with that paralegal, we have a ZAP set up that will fire off a thank you card from a company called Rocket Notes. Rocket Notes has a Zapier integration. It'll fire off a thank you card and it'll have a $10 Starbucks card in there saying, hey, thanks a lot. We always like working with new people. And as I was talking to you, Tyson, and telling you about it, I realized, you know, I don't want to forget these people. So I, I went back in. It fires on the first, and then on the seventh time we get a case from somebody, it fires off a different thank you card and a different gift just to say, hey, we appreciate it. Because I think, you know, I think paralegals are like the unsung heroes of the, um, of the legal world. Their name's not on the side of the building, but they certainly seem to do a lot of the work. And keeping them happy keeps a lot of things happening. And if we can just be known for appreciating the paralegals work and making their life easier by providing records, I think those two zaps are probably worth half a million dollars over the next five years. I bet Tyson wishes that $10 gift card was the one that kept zapping over and over instead of boring old medical. <laughs> Damn straight. That'd be great. All right. Let's pause for a word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the Hacking Law Practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100, that's M-A-X-L-A-W-1-0-0. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by, try Smith AI. We're back with Josh Satterley. He's a chiropractor in Las Vegas. Josh, what do you like most about being a chiropractor and running your office, and what do you like least? <laughs> it sounds funny, but you know, uh, one, one person in chiropractic college told me this. He said, the the story of Jesus helping the uh, healing people, the story isn't Jesus wrote a script for him. The the story is Jesus laid his hands upon him. And I'm not claiming to be the Messiah or anything. I'm just saying it's pretty cool. When you learn what you what you learn, it's pretty cool that I can get somebody better right now with the tools I have in the space that I'm at. I don't need a bunch of other stuff. You know, surgeons do great work, but the amount of extra equipment and extra support they need to perform that great work is huge. So it is rewarding to me because I'm a quick start guy. I don't want to wait for all the follow-up of films and nurses and, you know, hospital orders. Uh, I'm a quick start. So chiropractic is perfect because I find out your problem right now. I can fix it right now. And uh, I don't have to worry about long-term. You know, obviously I want you to come back for follow-ups, but I don't have to have a four-week lead up to when your procedure is. So in fact, at the Zapathon, I can't remember, I think it was some guy was asking about his low back pain and, you know, I could examine him right then with 
in, in the hotel room or in the space we were in. And uh, that's incredibly rewarding to me to be able to help people right now. Uh, and it, it fits well with a quick start. What do I like least? You know, I, I mean, I would think what all medical providers will tell you, repayments, they're just getting harder and harder to get and more difficult. You got to jump through more hoops. And then I would say that, you know, I'm pretty progressive in the world of chiropractic. And I think one of the things that drives me nuts is when you work in the legal field, you know, they always ask, is this like the, what is it reasonable and customary for people in your industry or the standard of care or whatever? And I think like everybody, I'm sure I'm like, you know, they say in any, if you're with a group of peers, you have to realize half of those people are below average and half of them are above and, you know, which side are you on? And I think I'm super progressive, but I have to respect the fact that some of my colleagues might see things differently. And, and that becomes a struggle sometime where you're like, I would have done it this way. And another chiropractor saying, well, I would have done it this way. I never really realized that pressure until I started working around the legal field. So Josh, you, I mean, you built a practice that was, I mean, very, really successful because you're able to sell it. I mean, do you regret doing that? Do you regret selling it is the question. Yeah, man, there's a lot of times where it's like, you know, you miss the interactions. We had a, you know, the key to our business was the monthly recurring revenue off of the gym memberships. So that starts out really low and then grows really big, you know, and it starts covering your electrical bill and then it starts covering your rent and then it starts covering your payroll and it gets exciting. That was the long-term play. But in having a membership-based business, you end up with relationships with these people. You know, you know about their anniversaries and their dog dying and all these different events. And, you know, when you sell, <laughs> uh, it can be lonely, man. You know, like you, you go from interacting all day long with people and then you go to this kind of, uh, I got work out of a home office now and it's, it's pretty lonely. Uh, as you guys can tell, I love being around people. I love talking and, you know, the walls at my office don't seem to talk as much as my clients and patients did. So that probably drives me nuts the most. But so sometimes I'll go to Starbucks and work there and whatnot. And there, there's some other aspects, you know, like, I don't know how to say it. You give up that wheel, you know, like Jim uh, Jim Collins, not as famous as Jim Hacking, by the way, but he he did write a book that some people like. But Jim Collins said, you know, you get that flywheel turning. Well, when you sell, like, you're, you're you know, you're getting rid of the flywheel. So you just can't make it turn any faster. You can't do anything about it anymore. And that that decision is 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 tough sometimes. You're like, oh, I should have kept it and, and spun it up, you know. But so, yeah, of course, there's regrets, but life is very good right now. And um, I, I think that teaching for me is super fulfilling. And this has allowed me to teach a whole lot more on the road and at chiropractic college and a few other places. Well, you know, we have a great chiropractic school here in St. Louis called Logan. You should come to St. Louis and teach here and we can put you up and it'd be fun to see you. Yeah, I actually, uh, I spoke there last year, right before I started listening to the Maximum Lawyer podcast. So unfortunately, I didn't, I didn't know about it. Or I, I mean, I know about Logan, but I didn't know that St. Louis is also the home of you guys. And I'm actually coming out there in March to for to take a course, and I remember uh, Jim, you said that some of the the best dinners you've had have been from people visiting. So I plan to hit you guys up and say let's grab some dinner while awesome. I'm there in St. Louis. Hey, so Josh, as an outsider, what mistakes do you see lawyers make in their marketing and in the running of their firms? That's a great question. I, I would say in the world of PI, I'll just talk about that. I remember when we first opened up. Uh, there was an attorney who I think would get the list of new licensees and he'd call him and stop by. So he'd stop by and, uh, you know, we sat and talked for half an hour and he was a very nice guy. Well, then I saw him like a year later, maybe two years later, and we hadn't had any interactions uh, between them. And, you know, go up to him like, hey. So it was very impressionable on me as a young doctor to have this, you know, this lawyer come in. And he's a pretty prominent, well-known dude in town. 
he shook my hand. And so it was a big impression of me. I don't think it was the same magnitude of impression to him. It was just yet another chiropractor. And so a year or two later, when I shook his hand, it was like he had never met me, you know, like he had never done that. And I remember being like, oh, my God, how did you not remember? We had that special night, you know, a year ago where you came to my office and blah, blah, blah. And I think one thing in all businesses, but it's that after unit marketing, if that guy really wanted my referrals, you know, just periodically stopping by or calling me, I hell, I don't care, or a newsletter or anything to keep that relationship going and then make sure that he's allowing me to send information back. So a text, hey, how's it going? Or an email, hey, I was thinking about you. That would have strengthened that relationship a ton. And it, I was reminded of that at the Zapathon. The other thing that I, <laughs> I, I was shocked at, you know, at the Zapathon was that problem about the, the medical records for PI attorneys. I think that could really be solved by literally taking your paralegal and the, so if the attorney, the paralegal has to get the records and had invited my front desk staff and my, and myself to lunch. And we just talk about the problem. I didn't realize how much of an issue that was for the attorneys. And here they're hiring people to solve it. Like, so payroll is always your biggest expense and it, and you're hiring a person. I think you could have solved it by just sitting down at lunch saying, listen, we struggle to get medical records. That's the one, you know, thorn in our side. If you, wouldn't mind keeping us in mind and sending those over, we would appreciate it. I think that kind of approach would go a long way. And to to your point, I think, Jim, of of comp, not not having complicated solutions, that would have solved a whole lot of this technology that we're trying to build now with the Zaps. So sometimes just reaching out and letting the, you, letting your vendors or your customers know like, hey, this is an issue. How can we solve it? Is such an easy solution. But in all businesses, I think we forget to do that. So you're right that that's what a lot of lawyers should do, and I think a lot of us do. I, I'm, we have done that. The, the, the main problem that they're, that we've seen is that every there's no one streamlined system for them providing records to us. You know, you can fax them to us. You can mail them to us. Some like SIAC has their own portal. There's all these different portals. So the smaller providers, yeah, you can have those conversations with the bigger ones. You can't, but, like, I'll be honest with you. Our favorite doctor is the slowest at getting them to us, and we drop off pizzas and donuts all the time and have conversations regularly. They're just overworked, and they just don't have the systems internally built up, but they're such a good doctor, I'm not going to stop using them. So it's, there's a lot of different factors that go into it, I, but I, I like your solution. So, and I'm actually going to suggest their sol- uh, your solution to them to see if they'll start adopting it because that would make it so much easier on them because right now what they're doing is and I think, I mean, this is a good lesson for all doctors. We should, can all, all of us, the I lawyers should, should share this idea, your idea with everyone is, you know, get a Google, Google Drive account, scan them into that folder, and you're done. Instead of them having to sit down, package them, freaking put them in the mail, because that's what a lot of the smaller ones, they, they'll, they'll package you up in the mail and mail them out instead of just scanning them and sending them over to us. And, and emailing them is not always an option either. That's why just simply up because of, of the size of the file. Simply uploading them to Google Drive like you like you did, and then they get the they get alert. I mean that's a great freaking solution. So that so I think it's it's a fantastic idea for a lot of people. But so you're a really young guy. I mean, what do you what are you gonna do for the next thirty years of your career? Are you gonna keep doing what you're doing? I mean, do you have other other ambitions? I mean, what what are your what's your thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that young, dude. I just uh, 
it's just my stunning good looks, I guess, Tyson, you know? But don't worry. I mean, Elise couldn't take her eyes <laughs> hey, off. Hey, man, you're not that good looking, okay? You're not that good looking. When, when Elise was sitting next to me, she just wouldn't stop hitting on me, just the entire Zappathon. <laughs> that, no. Hey, Elise, if you're listening, uh, you're at the, at the verify this. I don't, I don't believe God. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't need any verification. Just take me, you know, but she was, all right? Um, no, but did you know Elise's husband is like Jacques Cousteau, essentially? He, like, commands all these uh, marine research vessels or something. She was telling me this crazy story. You have to be grateful for this world we live in. You have to be. And I was reminded of that. Sitting, Elise is saying that she's in New Zealand talking to a client, and there's something wrong, and she just goes onto her phone and, like, uses Google, Drive, or uses Google Docs to move something into Google Drive to give her assistant permission or something. And from New Zealand took care of a client issue over the phone and over the web. I'm like, what a world we live in. This is so different. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I'm going to guess like when you're in law school, if you had a group project and you name the file, you know, uh, final law 435 report dot word slash Tyson approval slash Jim final dot final slash final. And it's like, we don't have to play that game anymore of like this ridiculous, which, which finalized report are you looking at? Is that the one I sent this afternoon? No, I sent it yesterday. And at the Zapathon, I mean, we're talking about like real-time updates to these things, which is just an incredible world. Anyways, I was blown away by Lisa's story of being in New Zealand and solving a problem on her phone, which uh, like you got to be grateful for that. What am I going to do for the rest of my career, I think was your question. Yeah, man, I'm – working with a university and a group to develop some, a different approach to clinics. And uh, we have been having to get some, there are some legal issues run into, and then there's some, um, you know, so we're basically trying to develop the, a better setup for clinics going forward for chiropractic clinics that kind of expand uh, what they can do and what they can offer. And then integrate like, I think it's like the 737 Max, ridiculous it sounds. The problem with the Max, the reason it's falling out of the sky is you took a, a product that was designed in the 60s and keep upgrading it, but that only lasts so long. What I was inspired at at the frickin' Zapaton was, what if you just started from white paper? Like, oh, I'm going to have a secretary at the front of the office, and it's like, really? Do you need that? Or could you start with a service? You know, could you have a service be your secretary? And then what if you – here's a crazy thought as a consumer – what if you walked into your doctor's office and no matter what the doctor was, no matter what specialty, from the time you walked in to the time you're being seen by the physician was five minutes or less. I'm saying on the first visit, five minutes or less, no paperwork, no nothing. And at that Zapathon was the first time I really saw that as a possibility. So just totally redesigning that experience. So, you know, that's, it's incredibly exciting and, you know, the, the world is expanding, but there's a lot of steps between here and, and having a bunch of those clinics. So we're kind of chipping away at that. This has been a great call. And for my last question, I want to know, do chiropractic schools do as bad a job of teaching chiropractors how to run a chiropractic office as law schools do for lawyers? Yeah, I think uh, we're, I don't know, you know, obviously I haven't been to law school, but we use the abstinence program. They just don't teach about business. So, you know, like, <laughs> I would imagine they do, and you don't see a lot of wildly successful chiropractors. I think it's the same as lawyers. Like, there's a lot of them working 60-hour weeks to make an okay living, but there's something about being your own boss that is just so rewarding. Such a good line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal that. All right, we do need to wrap things up. Before we do, I want to remind everyone, go to the Facebook group, get engaged there, get involved. 
Remember to sign up for Max Lawcon 2020. The lineup is amazing. It's, it's just going to be killer, Jimmy. This, this conference is going to be freaking awesome. If you want hey, to invest, yeah, go, jump in, Josh. Go ahead. Let me ask you about that. You know, it's called Max Lockon. I mean, the Zappathon was supposedly for attorneys, but, man, I think 85% of it could have been used in any professional services office. I mean, there are accountants in the room, attorneys, chiropractors. I mean, I could imagine that a dentist could have used a lot of things. Is Max Lockon similar? Like, is it just general business stuff that works for almost any professional service? It's just um, being overwhelmed by attorneys or, you know, is it worth a guy like me going? We pride ourselves on not doing CLE at the conference. It's not continuing legal education. It's all stuff that would be easily transferable, just like the podcast and just like the Zappathon. Don't you think, Tyson? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'd say 100% of it, it would apply to any other practice area or not, any other industry. It, and whether you're selling widgets, whether you're an accountant, whether you're a chiropractor, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're running a business, this conference it would work for anyone. It just happens to be a group of lawyers that are that are in the room. And we had some. We actually had a, a, a well-known surgeon in St. Louis come to the last conference. Um, and so I'm not going to mention his name, but he 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 came last year. I'm sure he got a lot out of it too. So yeah, it's for everybody. At the Zapathon, there were a couple times where it wasn't an attorney in the room. It was like their office manager or paralegal. And I would say that I don't know if you guys had time to interact with those people. But they certainly had a lot of clarity about truly how the business operates and where the pressure points are because they're not in the law part of it. You know, they're in the operations. And I wonder, not trying to uh, pimp the conference, but I wonder if that would be advantageous for those offices. Because in the world of chiropractic, there's a seminar, the biggest seminar is called Parker Seminars. And they have a track for doctors and they have a track for your assistants. And that track includes like billing, reporting, uh, working with offices, supporting the money makers as a, what does Joe Polish say? Or no, Dean Jackson, it's like, he's the cow, but we need a team to milk it and produce the cheese. So, you know, having those people in the room, and I was impressed by the, the paralegals and legal secretaries and office managers that were in the, at the Zappathon because they didn't have all the baggage of, you know, I'm an attorney, so I need to keep this you know, I need to be nice to everybody. And they were like, no, 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 that person knows this money. We need to zap on the bill, like pay up. That's all it is. Yeah. I'd say the biggest firms and the most successful firms that are actually in our group, I mean, not all of them send a representative, but I'd say the majority of those firms send someone that's on the operations side in whatever capacity it might be. I I, I definitely think that a lot of them send someone because it it is a different perspective. That's for sure. I mean, I I think that's a great point because there's a lot of people that, like us lawyers, we get, we've got that lawyer brain sometimes, and it's hard to step outside of it. But the, you're right, those operations people, they're operations-minded. And so they're like, yeah, we need to get paid. It's all about getting paid. And so that's, I think it's a good point. All right, so I'm going to move on. Jimbo, what's your hack of the week? So the other day, uh, somebody left me a one-star review. It was She was offended that we charge for our consults. And so instead of just taking it and instead of just asking Google to take it down, what I did was is I shared it on our Facebook uh, homepage for the firm and on our Facebook group, which has about 1,300 members in there. At the time I posted that one-star review, we had 204 reviews. And as of the recording of this podcast, we had 237 five-star reviews or 236. So we got 33 more reviews from that one negative review. So I think if, if the review isn't too inflammatory or too makes you look too bad, that you can use that to your advantage and turn it into positive reviews from the friends of your business. I think that most people, when you ask them, 
hey, I need you to, would you mind posting a review? They're sort of not interested, but when they think they're helping you, it makes a big difference. I think I, I, whenever I saw you do that, I, I was like, that's a brilliant idea. It, it really was a good idea. I've got a one-star review from a guy that I've never represented before, and there's no comment. It's just a one-star, which I think either it's a loved one of a competitor or something like that, because I, I don't even know who the guy is. So I'm thinking about stealing your idea and doing the exact same thing. So um, actually, I'm probably going to do that before this podcast goes live. So, that, <laughs> so I beat everybody else as a punch. So I think it's that good of an idea. All right, Josh. So do you have a tip or a hack for us? Absolutely. It's kind of a two-parter, but, uh, you know, I travel a lot and I know that some folks in the firm or in the in listening to this uh, travel a lot. So my tips for travel, get a paper planner and lay out in the month view, lay out your trips and everything. Because sometimes, you know, our, our phone calendar is good at reminders and, and keeping details, but it's not good, I think, at time planning about the con- concept of time. And I think a paper planner does a great job of that. So I was laying out my travel schedule and I realized I wasn't going to be home for any weekends in the month of March. And, you know, I have two young boys. I want to spend time with them. So I had to modify some things, but I really didn't realize that until I laid it all out on that, you know, month long planner. So I would recommend a paper planner to everybody when you're trying to get the concept of time and travel and everything. The second part of that is an app called TripIt, like trip, T-R-I-P, and then it, I-T. And what TripIt does is once you log in, it'll pipe in all of your travel reservations and plans and everything and make an itinerary for you based upon that. So it'll pull in all your Marriott reservations or Hilton or budget rent-a-car or Southwest flights, all that stuff, and put it in a format so that when you look at it, you can see how your trip's going to go. So like when you guys were doing the Zapathon, it would say, you know, this day fly into Phoenix, uh, stay at the Sheraton, Wrigleyville, 8 a.m. It would start with the Zapathon days. And then it would also say like, rent a car, travel to Sedona, you know, you have dinner at this restaurant in Sedona, and it lays all that out in a format. And it's really great because it also will bring up conflicts. So I had one where it's like I was supposedly had an appointment at 2.30 in the afternoon in Kansas City, and I was renting a car at 3.30. And it kind of flags you like, are you sure that's right? Because that would be pretty tough to pull off. And so you can fix things like that. So it's an app called TripIt, and I think it does a really good job if you travel a lot of pulling in all your reservations, all your things, and I'll actually pull the confirmation numbers in there, too, so you just need one app to manage all of those. So that's, I think, actually a really good, great tip. Jim, you travel a, a ton, so you might want to steal that, that tip, because that's a pretty good one. My tip is this. I, so I, I recommended the book Scaling Up by Bert Harnish a while ago, and I'm, I'm rereading it, and it occurred to me that sometimes what we do is we will read these books, and we will want to implement all these policies, and our employees and staff are like, where the hell are these ideas coming from? They might be a good idea, but we don't know. We don't even know why he's deciding to do this. And I guarantee everyone that's listening to this probably, this probably rings a bell with you. So here's my tip. If you've got something that you want people to, uh, to adopt, consider having them read it, whatever, whatever it is that you read. So I'm taking portions of this, of this book because we're going to – Start adopting some of these policies. I, 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 it's actually very, very similar to Traction. The, the Scaling Up book is. It's not identical, but but it's it's similar. So I'm I'm taking portions of it and I'm having the team read it so that they understand why we're doing certain things. So I think that's going to help us um, adopt some of the some of these things that we're going to be doing. So the tip is, if you want people to adopt things, have them read up on it, just like just like you did, so they understand it. So all right, Josh, this has been a lot. It's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad you, you came on. You're able to talk about the Zapathon, about your business, and it's just been fun getting to know you. So so thanks for coming on. 
Hey, it's my pleasure, man. I feel like, you know, people are going to, what do they say? They, you are the uh, amalgamation of the five people you hang out with. Well, now I'm going to be a little bit more of a legal mind just because I'm around two geniuses like yourselves. Ah, thanks, oh, guys. Stop it. Keep going. Wait, stop. Keep going. No. <laughs> Sorry. See two legal guys. geniuses that are good looking, you know, fill a room up with people who just want to hear them speak. I'm sure incredible husbands, amazing fathers, titans of industry. What do they call that? Legal czars. Man, I, it's, 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 it's an, an honor. You have to come it's on every honor. single week. You have to come on every week. But. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll, we'll see you. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.